Amen. Ready for the word? Praise God. All right. So we have been in a series called New Ways to a New You, talking about it's a brand new year. Everyone's got goals. Everyone's got dreams. Everyone's got ambitions. Everyone wants to become the best them that they could possibly become. So, man, they've been trying a bunch of stuff, gadgets. They, you know, new ways to a new, I'm going to get that ab belt. Put that thing on, have that thing electronically shock my abs so I can have abs while eating ruffles. I can have abs while eating Tostitos and salsa. I'm going to get the abs that I want. We try gadgets, right? We, we try willpower. I'm going to get better. I'm going to do better. I'm tired of, of being a terrible human being. Like, I need to get better willpower. Let me try harder. We try a bunch of different stuff to get this new us that we so desperately want, and we try many different ways. We said this. I, you know, many of us try, and many of us fail. So we said, what if we need some new ways to the new you that you want? So what I would challenge you to do, this is our third week. So we have got a podcast, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Go on there. Check out previous sermons. Um, but today we are going to talk about a new way to a brand new you about stewardship. Stewardship. Now, some of y'all are like, oh, okay, great. This is pastor going to talk about money. Right? Stewardship, you like immediately think about money. And some of y'all, you have nightmares about church and money. Some of y'all were in church, and some of the only sermons you heard were just about money, and the pastor beating you up. You don't give enough. You should tithe. <laughs> some of y'all are like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't even go to church, but I know what tithe means. <laughs> you know, tithe is, is that one word that everyone's like, oh, man, here we go. Pastor's talking about tithe again. He wants us to give more money. There's going to be a sermon about money. And, and honestly, I grew up in in church and in a church that like tithe was was so so important and every offering talk there was a sermon given almost a whole other sermon along with this sermon about giving and tithing and things like that and it, it was always this this like almost fear-based thing if you don't give malachi 3 says you're cursed and i when i started to grow up a little bit i started to see all these people that ain't tithing I started to see all these people that weren't in church, and I'm like, they, they seem like they're doing okay. <laughs> like, <clears throat> like, they're tithing to the bar. They're tithing to, you know, the, the stuff they buy. I was thinking, but they seem like they're okay. And it was just like, and, and, and it was pretty much this. Tithe was kind of taught, look, come here, Carson. You're a good-looking guy. You're married. You're eating. Really? You're eating in, in church. Okay, Mike, come on. Come on up here, Mike. It's pretty much this, this way. Tithe was kind of always taught. Mike, God is going to give you 10. Okay? God gives you 10. How would you feel if you were God? And you said, all I want is one back. Give, give me one back. Exactly. That's the way a lot of people deal with it. <laughs> do it. But they're like, just give me one back. Now, is that so much to ask for? I mean, seriously, how much of a you know, jerk are you that you won't even give God back? You know, you know what I'm saying? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. But like, that's kind of always the way that it was taught. It's like you, you give God back one, you know, a 10, 10%. And if you do that, then you'll be blessed. And as, as I've kind of grown up, studied, been in church, studied the Bible and stuff like, like that, I have seen first, first off that um, that's just not right. Just, just to be flat out honest with you, in, in this respect, we don't give God, like God doesn't give us things and then we give things back to him. Like, it's not like God says, okay, I'm going to give you something and now it's not mine, it's yours. And you're going to give me back something that was yours. And you're just going to give me back something. Because when I kind of look in this book here, and, and, and really what the Bible is, is, it's, is it shows God's character, who God is. That is the whole purpose of, of, of this book here, is to reveal to you the character and nature of who God is and how God works. 
And really what I see in this book is, is we don't own nothing. Like we don't own anything. Like everything we get, the breath you breathe, the food you eat, the house you own, the car you drive, the people you, you love, the blood that flows in your body, that ain't, that ain't ours. That comes from one source. That comes from God. And so, really, we don't own anything. We are what, what Scripture would call us stewards. And there's a huge difference between someone that owns and somebody that stewards. There's a whole different way in, in how we actually handle things and how we actually do things. But if, if we get this mentality, God gives us ten and it's yours, just give me back one. And then take the nine and do whatever you want with it. That misses the whole point of following Jesus. He doesn't save 10% of us. Jesus saves all of us. He doesn't want you to save and sanctify 10% of you. He wants to save and sanctify 100% of you. Check it out. Scripture tells us this. We're just going to go through some quickly. Talking about Jesus owns everything. Haggai 2.8 says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. Declares God. Psalm chapter 50. 10, it says, the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Now, we hear that and we're like, what the heck? Let me tell you what, what that means. That was a, I'm trying to get this word right, colloquialism. Basically, something in that culture meant something to them. In our culture, that would basically be like saying, Jesus got a billion, go, go, bajillion, go, go, billion, go, 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 billion dollars. Like, he owns every, he owns everything. Deuteronomy 8 says, you may say to yourself, the power, my power, and through my strength, I have produced this wealth for me, the Lord God, for it, nope, is that it? You know, I'm just, I'm just going to read it here. I, 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 I think my, as you say, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. James chapter, James chapter 1 17 says, every, everyone say every. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of, of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Everything that you have that you would consider good and pleasing does not come from the work of your hands. doesn't come from your wealth. It comes from one source, and it comes from God. And there's two distinct ways that we can see anything in our lives as. One as what? Owner. You are the owner. But secondly, you see it as a steward. If you see your life through one of these two lenses, what you'll see, if you consider yourself as an owner, you will spend what you have, your talent, your time, and treasure, you will spend that on things that benefit you. Because you are basically saying, I'm going to spend this on me so I can be better, right? If you switch it and say, I am a steward of what I have been graciously given, you don't own nothing. You are simply, get this word, entrusted. Entrusted. Everyone say that, that, word, that word with me. Entrusted. A steward is entrusted with the time, the talent, and treasure that God gives. And what, and what then are you called to do? Invest. Christians should stop saying spend. We should only use the word invest. Because we are stewards of everything we have. And if we are a steward, we then say this. We have been entrusted with time, talent, and treasure from God. So then we have to say, if we're going to be good, what, stewards, we need to, to ask the person that entrusted us with our time, talent, and treasure, what gives us the best return on what you've so graciously given me? Do you see that difference? It switches from, you own, I'm going to spend it on what I spend so I can be great, to, I'm a steward, I have now been entrusted with time, with talent, and treasure from God, and then I take what God has graciously given me, and now I don't say what benefits me, I say what now benefits the one that entrusted me with all this time, talent, and treasure. So we've got to switch the way that we see everything we have. 
If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, following him should pretty much make you re-examine the way you view every part of your life, your time, your talent, and your treasure, because you just haven't been given it. You have been entrusted with it from the God who owns everything. Jesus actually talked about this concept, Matthew chapter 25. We're going to read 14 verses. This will be your whole Bible reading for, for this upcoming week, all right? We're getting it knocked out of the way here. Some of y'all might never read the Bible, but we're telling you right now, this is your Bible reading coming up for the whole week. You're reading 14 verses. There's seven days in a week. This is two a day, all right? So I need you to stick with me, but you're going to see the concept here. I could try to kind of explain it to you, but Jesus does a good enough job explaining it himself. So I will let Jesus explain it to us, all right? So, uh, Matthew chapter 14, uh, verses 14 huh, through 28. What? Am I in the wrong? Where am I at? 25, Lord Jesus. Matthew 25. I'm hungry. All right. Here we go. Parable of the bags of gold. Again, it will be like a... a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted, there is that word, entrusted, everyone say entrusted, entrusted his wealth to them. Jesus here is talking about the kingdom of God. He's telling parables about how the kingdom of God works, not the kingdom of our culture. He's saying if you're going to live in light of God's kingdom, how God's kingdom works, then I'm going to tell you a parable, and that's why Jesus spoke in parables, because he was trying to basically explain to people, this is what following me, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. And, that, and really, that was Jesus' whole purpose, was to come, die on the cross, and to declare to us and to the whole world, this is what living in God's kingdom looks like. And that's why he says this parable here. He says, again, it will be like a guy going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags, to another two bags, and to uh, another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five, five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came and said, master, you entrusted me with two bags. You see, I have gained two, two more. The master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, uh, um, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he does have will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, Jesus, tell us how you really feel. Like, break it down to us, Jesus. Let me tell you ultimately what Jesus is saying. You've been entrusted with, with life, time and talent and treasure. And I love how it, it kind of says some had five and some had three and some had one. Like, I don't think God cares as much as what you've been given as what you do with what you've been given. You might not have a ton of money. You might not have a ton of talent. You might not have a ton of time. You might not have a ton of a whole lot, but Jesus doesn't care about that. He says, what have you been given? And take what you have been given and invest it for the purpose of my kingdom and see what I will do. You see, when we see ourselves as being a steward, it doesn't matter what, what we've been entrusted with. It matters then what we do with what God has entrusted us with. And honestly, God has given us all time and talent and treasure. And I think you could probably clump most of life into those three things. 
You know, you've, you've been given time. Like, we all have 24 hours. You, you know that. The busy people that you see getting stuff done, they don't have less time than you. Right? All of these people that you see making stuff happen, killing it, working out, you can't stand them on Facebook because they're always posting workout pictures. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, they're eating good. <laughs> see? <laughs> Sorry. I've done that before, too. I'm, uh, I'm at the gym. I'm awesome. No, but, uh, you know, like, you know, it's so, like, but we've all got 24 hours. Like, there's no one in this room on this planet that does not have time. Like, you've got the same amount of time. It's, 20, it's the great equalizer. <laughs> like, you can't say, well, they got more time. No, they don't. Each one of us has gotten time that we have been, and trust me, we, some, you know, secondly, talent. You have gifts. Like, you have been given preferences. You have been given talent. Some of y'all like numbers. Some of y'all like math. Some of y'all like engineering. What's wrong with you? I'm just kidding. Like, but some of you, though, you like words, and you like, some of you like, like teaching kids, and some of you like teaching college, and, and some of you like people. Some of y'all would rather not be around people ever. Like, you're an introvert, ex extrovert. You know, it's like, You've got talents and gifts that God has given you. He's given you a unique personality, a unique skill, skill set to be on this earth and be on this planet. Like he has uniquely gifted you. And, and really the question is, just as we saw, isn't how much talent do you have, but it's what do you do with the talent that you've been given? It's not even about are you intelligent. It's not even about are you smart. Do you have a good like. That doesn't matter. You have been given gifts and talents. And thank God that we're all different because if the world was just like you, God help us. The world was just like me, conversations would take forever. Because I stutter. And it's, and it's like, <laughs> it'd be terrible. But it's like, you, you have been given gifts and talents. And you can't compare yourself amongst yourself. Because when you do that, you always lose. Well, I'm not talented. So, so what do you do? You go into self-condemnation. Well, I'm not as good as them. You know, I just, my family didn't, didn't want me to go to college, so I didn't go to college. And, you know, I just didn't know anybody. You know, we, we can all give excuses and we can all give those things. But the bottom line is you have been gifted in some way, shape, or form. And God does not care what you've been given. He cares what you do with what you've been given. And you've got to then say what gets the best return to the one that I have been entrusted with what he's given me. You've all been given wealth, treasure. Wealth includes a bunch of different things, your car, your house, your bank account, your savings, investments, all, and anything that involves wealth. You have been given wealth. And some of us here, y'all got a lot of money. Some of y'all, y'all don't. It's like, you know, and you just think, well, if I had more money, my problems would be gone. And I just have more, more money. The, the famous prophet, Biggie Small, said this, though. He said, the more money you make, the more problems you get, right? You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all know that song way too well. That was when I was back, 2001 or 2002. Yeah, some of y'all, I don't know what they, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm seeing some of y'all's age here. Seeing, seeing some of y'all's age here. But you, you, you just think, if I had more money, I'd have less problems. When honestly, I don't know if God cares how much money you have. I think he cares more about what you do with the money you do have. And what you see, if you're faithful with little, God then can entrust you with more. Because here's the deal. If I gave my son Jackson, my son Jackson's awesome. You know, he's seven. He, he'll, he'll be seven in March. And if Jackson came to me and I gave him 10 bucks, and I said, go to the store and buy bread and milk. And he comes back and all he bought was sour sprees. All he bought was Mike and Ike's. All he bought was Starburst, which he would do. I'm not going to be like, good job, buddy. Here's another 10. Go and give me some more milk. No, because I entrusted him to go and do a job, and I entrusted him with some money, so I was entrusting him to do what I asked him to do. So we have to ask, this time, this talent, and we, this time, this talent, and this treasure that we have been given, if we look at it as we own it, we spend it on whatever we want. Because we're in charge. We're the ones that own it. It's ours. We take ownership. So we're going to spend it on what we want to spend it in. But since we are not owners, we are 
we've, we are stewards and we've been entrusted with time and talent and treasure, we have to then ask, what gets the best return on what I have been entrusted with? If you're a good investor here, like you, you know there are stocks that you should invest in because they're booming right, right, right now, right? If you've got money, you want to invest it in, in the right stuff, that's where you're going to put, put your money at. I believe God somewhat sees it the same way. He sees all of us as kind of being, can I invest in this person? Can I entrust to him? Time, talent, and treasure. So we have to ask, what, what gets the best return to the one that, in, that has entrusted us with? What about time? We think about time. Scripture tells us this, Ephesians chap- chapter 5. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. Psalm chapter 90, verse 12 tells us this. This is David praying. He says, God, teach us to number our days aright. Or teach us to know how short our life is so we can gain a heart of wisdom. Like, you've got to realize every second you have when you give your life to Christ, there is not one wasted moment of your life. There's not one throw-out second. Like, Jesus redeems every moment of your life. And he says this, you then now take this time that I have given you, that I didn't have to give you. Take it and use it for my honor and for my glory. This should completely challenge us to say, how am I spending my time? Am I making the most of every opportunity, or am I Netflixing my life away? <laughs> I'm serious, y'all. And I don't want to be a, be a church that's like, don't watch TV. It's bad. You watch it, you're bad. Blah. You know, like, we're not going to do that here. We, we want to challenge you to something better. And we believe this, that if you invest your time in kingdom purposes, and kingdom initiatives, and kingdom stuff, Scripture tells us this, whatever you do for God is never done in vain. It always reaps a harvest. You will always get a great return on your investment into the kingdom of God. Or, scripture, you know, Jesus told us this. Some guy came up to him and said, hey, break down for me this law. You know, the Old Testament law had 600 and some, you know, laws for people to, to obey. And they came to Jesus and they said, hey, you're such a smart guy. Take all these laws and boil them down into two. What would they be? Jesus said, I got you. He said, the first off is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second is just like it, love others as you love yourself. I believe if you say this, I'm going to invest my time into what Jesus called the two most important things, loving God and loving, and, and, loving, and loving others, you will see that is the greatest investment of time that you could ever reap for the person that has entrusted you with that time. What are you doing with your time. My prayer is that you would have a sacred holiness for the time you've been given. Like you would see time not as I got to waste time, I got to pass time, I want to hurry up. Like part of me is like, could the Jags play a three? I want to go. No, no, but it's calm down. <laughs> no, but it's like redeem the time. <laughs> no, but 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 it, it's beyond that. It, you know, how are you going to take your time and know God better, but then love others as you love yourself? So. So basically right there says love yourself. Like you need to have time for you. If you're constantly giving out, if you're constantly doing, doing, doing stuff for other people, like you need to, you can only love people as much as you love you. But the only way that you actually find out who you are is by loving God. It's all interconnected. You find out how much God loves you and values you whenever you spend time with them and get around the people of God. But then what that does, his love for you, then it's like, you know what? I see God's love. I'm like, God loves me. Then I, this love that God has given me, I should then take that out and help show the world who this God is through my life. That's what making the most of every opportunity is, y'all. I want you to get a sacred holiness for every second of the day. Not to dread. Because Christ did not redeem you and save you for you to live a dread-filled life. He called you to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil and because life is short. Let's maximize the time that we have been given. Let's not, be, let's not take a victim mentality and say, I'm just so busy. 
and where, where you just give this whole victim speech of why you can't get anything done. You are in control of your life. God's given you free, free will. God's given you choice. Take back, con- take back the control that you think busyness has and live a purpose-filled life, not a victim-filled life. Purpose is saying, I know what God's called me to do. I'm going to align my time and schedule to do what God's called me to actually do. Secondly, talent. Like I said, y'all been entrusted, given gifts, talents. Y'all have different likes. You have different, different things. You know, some, like I said, some of you like English. Some of you like talking. Some of you like thinking. Some of you have a skill set that can be used for God's kingdom. All of you do, actually. And, and so we've got all these talents and skills. In 1 Peter 4.10, it tells us this. He says, each of you should use whatever. Everyone say whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. Basically saying is, I don't think God cares how much you think you have been gifted, because all of you have been gifted and given a personality and given different talents and gifts in, diff- in different ways. And it's not about are you this talented or that talented. The question is, what are you going to do with the talent you've been given? And what I, I love this, because it says each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve what? Others. Jesus said this, I did not come to be served, I came to serve and give my life. You are never more like Jesus than when you serve. Because that was his whole purpose, that was his whole goal, that was his whole calling, was to come here and show us, you know what, this is an in, in, in upside down kingdom. His kingdom came in, in the, the middle of the Roman Empire, which was all about prestige and all about power and all about the big wigs getting people to serve them jesus came and said i'm god i'm gonna serve you he said no one can get above me but i'm gonna show you how it should work in my kingdom those who have power and those who are on top and those who have authority you know what you should do at that point then you should serve as jesus got down before he was crucified brutally He got down and washed his disciples' feet. Imagine that the king of heaven and earth that was there at the beginning of creation, getting down on his knees and washing his nasty, stinky disciples' feet. They didn't have Under Armour shoes back in that day. They didn't have Nikes back in that day. They had like jacked up flip-flops back in the day. So you know those feet were nasty and stinky. But what that showed, God was not scared of getting in our mess. He was not scared to serve when it got dirty. MLK said this quote, and I absolutely love it. He said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your, your subject and verb to agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. I believe that whenever you encounter the grace and love of God, You can't not then say, God, how can I serve? It takes your whole outlook and says, not how can I be served? How can then I serve? What if at your job you said, I'm not here to to be served? What if I said, I'm now on this job for one reason? I'm here to serve. And you know what? Every person on this job is is Jesus in disguise. Every person in this workplace, Jesus loves them. And because Jesus loves them, I love them. I don't like them, but I got to love them. No, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But what if you change your whole mentality to, I'm not here at this job, at, on this team. I'm not here in, in your family just to be served. What if you said, I'm here to serve men? What if in your family you said this, I'm not the guy top in charge so I can just be served and have my wife serve me and all that. What if you actually said, in the same way Jesus laid his life down for, for his church, laid your, wife down, laid, your li- laid your life down for your wife and said, I'm going to serve and love her, not just expect to be served. How do you think that would change your family dynamics? How do you think that would change your kids viewing you? It would leave a legacy, man. We want to challenge you guys. The best way to invest the talents and gifts that God has given you is to say, whatever it is, serve. It's not even what you, it's your mentality. I'm saying, God, I'm not here to be served. I'm here to serve. And we have some great opportunities actually here at, at LifeHouse. Next week, our dream team party. 
come on out, hang out with us. We're going to give you plenty of incredible opportunities to, to serve in God's church. Life track step three is right after service. Shameless plugs. Life track step three is right after service here. We're going to go over there in theater 11 and do a spiritual gift test, a personality test, and see how God has wired you. And, and see, man, how has God wired you so you, so, so you can discover your purpose and live from your purpose instead of living by accident, right? So right after church, life check step three, right over there, shameless plug. Number three, your treasure. And like we said, your treasure includes your finances, your job, your houses, your land, your real estate, investments, credit, equity, cash, businesses, automobiles, and personal lives. You, you know, do you know Jesus talked about wealth 25% of the time? In Scripture, we see Jesus talked about wealth 25% of the time. So that would be like me talking about money and wealth one every four sermons. Like we can see why there were so many people that said, or that scripture says, turned away and no longer followed Jesus. Because Jesus intimately knew your wealth is connected to your heart. Especially in, in, in this country, wealth is an idol. Let's just call it. Let's just call it what it is. We, we give value, we, we, we get value, identity, purpose from what we own the car the house the job and what we end up doing and that's why jesus was so focused on talking about this because we we take these this wealth and we hold it close to our heart and we hold on to it so tight because we think if we have this we are going to be safe we're going to have identity we're going to have purpose we're going to have a future and what we end up doing it becomes a false god that we put in place of god and when we when we should be getting identity purpose and hope from the God that entrusted us with it, we say, no, we own this. It's ours. We're going to make sure that, that we've got this so we can be safe. And we all do it in different ways. You don't have to have a junk load of money to live that, that way. But let's just be honest. Many of us live that, live that way. And we own, we think we own the wealth that we have been given. Jesus came on the scene and Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, maybe? Is it up there? No? Okay, awesome. I'll read it to you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, starting in verse 19. He says, Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust, and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then Jesus says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So Jesus says, you want to know the quickest way to know what you value and what you deem as being top in your life is where your money goes. And I want to say this right now. This is not a sermon of trying to get you to give more money to us. Because y'all know it. If you guys come here, we're not going to beat you down. We're not going to beg you. We challenge you to give to what God is doing here. We will never beat you down. We will never guilt you. We will never, ever shame you. We're going to say, this is what God's called us to. We want you to partner up with us. If you do, awesome. If you don't, you're missing out. Because we know what God is doing in this church. And we know God is going to do incredible things through this church. And we would simply want to be a conduit and, and something that God can actually move through. So we're not going to beat you up guilty. This is for you to reexamine not just 10% of your money, 100% of your money. Are you investing it into what gives the most return to the person that entrusted you with it? Jesus here doesn't, doesn't say you should not store up treasures. It's so funny. Like, we literally store up stuff. Like, we store up treasures. We store, it's like, he says, do not store for yourselves treasures because it's bad. No, he, he doesn't say it's bad. Just in the same way money isn't bad. Like, the scripture, the Bible never says money is bad. It says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of different evils. But no, what Jesus says here, he says, don't store up for yourselves treasures because it's a bad investment. It's a bad inv investment. Like, you work your whole life to get retirement. After you, you, after you get retirement, you go and you go to Florida, and you're on the shore picking seashells and going on your yacht and doing all, all this awesome 
awesome stuff, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's like, okay, but when you stand be- before God, what are you going to say? God, look at my cells. And that's not to guilt, shame. That is to challenge you to be like, look at all 100% of your wealth. Are you investing it? Is it, is it in a way where when you stand before God, because here's the bottom line, y'all, we're all going to stand before God and give this word, account. If you're entrusted, you're accountable. And that is the thing. If you've been entrusted, and all of us have with time, with talent, and treasure, if you've been entrusted, you are then held accountable. And that's not a bad thing. Because I know me, I want to have said, well done, good and faithful servant. Like, that's what I want to have. I want to look at the end of my life, stand before God, and say, God, I, I was an idiot for most of my life. But by your grace, you saved me. You helped me to see things differently. And because of the way you showed yourself to me, I said not just 10% of my life, 100% of my life that you entrusted to me. Now I want to say, look what it did for you and your kingdom. I want to stand before him and say, God, I spilled my life out for you. Every second of every day, every talent that I had, every dollar that, that, that you entrusted me with, I poured it out and I said, God, this is all for you. It's all about you. Why? I don't own it. You don't own it. We've been entrusted. You could come on up, Mike or whoever. Listen, you might say, this is not going to make me a new me. This was supposed to be a new me sermon. I don't see any new me in this. I just feel a lot of guilt. We're not about guilt here. We want to call you to something better. And we believe following Jesus calls you to something so much better than we could ask, think, or imagine. Because Jesus is so much better. So I want to give you some real practical ways. If, if you live this life of stewardship, if you actually put this into practice, if you actually say, I'm going to take my time, my talent, and treasure and invest it, not for the purpose of me, but for the purpose of the one that entrusted it to me. I'm going to tell you a few things that it does that will help you towards the new you that you want. Ready? First off, stewardship breeds. Dang it. (laughs) Stewardship breeds gratitude. Thank you, Lace. She does slides. Stewardship breeds gratitude. Because, you know, like some of y'all just... You just need to get some thankfulness in your life. When you see your life as being a steward, you realize God doesn't owe you a daggone thing. You, you, you know that? He don't owe you your next breath. He don't owe you every, every dollar you get. He doesn't owe you every piece of time you have. He doesn't owe you any talent that's, that, that you've got. What you realize is you start, when you see yourself as being a steward, you're like, you're thankful for everything. I'm thankful for my draws. I'm thankful for this water that I drink. I'm thankful for this Jaguars hat signed by Jalen Ramsey. Thank you. Thank, uh, thank you. Uh, uh, I just forgot your name. Dang it. Copley family. Thank, thank you. Like you're thankful for everything. I mean, you're thankful for the breath that you breathe. You wake up and it's not, I don't have this. I don't have that. You're not looking at what you don't have. You're looking for what God has so graciously entrusted you with. And for some of you, that would change the way you see and do everything. If you were just thankful for what you do have instead of always thinking about what you don't have. Or the person that you're not. I wish I was sexier. I wish I was in better shape. I wish I looked better. I wish I had more money. I wish I had more time. I wish my kids didn't always beat each other up. Like all these things. Like, like stewardship says, I'm thankful for everything. Because I don't deserve any of it. How much more would your life change if you viewed it through stewardship? And you didn't see yourself as being a owner, but simply a steward. You would be so much more thankful, y'all. I know you would. Secondly, stewardship breeds generosity the theme throughout the whole bible from the very beginning is god's a generous god he gives us i mean he's a generous giver adam and eve in the first book of the bible he gave them everything what you see here eat it just just one just don't eat this one but what did adam and eve get focused on the one thing that god said don't do that and don't we do that same thing like we 
We get focused on that one thing. Well, I don't got this. Look at the 10,000 other things God's given you. But you see throughout this theme in Scripture of God being generous. Even when, check this out, even when Adam and Eve sinned, Scripture tells us that Adam and Eve, they knew that they were like naked because they were, because then when they sinned, they felt shame and they felt guilt for what they did. And they realized, oh, snap, like, but do you know what, do you know what Scripture says? It says that Scripture, that God sewed fig leaves together and clothed them. Even in their sin, God was gracious to them. He wasn't going to leave them uncovered. He said, I'm going to cover them. God's a generous God, y'all. And whenever you realize God's generosity and goodness to you and to us, I don't know how we can't be, I don't know how we can't be generous. I don't know how we can't say money, whatever, time, like the generosity of God breeds generosity in us. Because the more we become like God, the more generous we get because we know how gracious and good God has been to us. And we say, then God, how can you use me to be gracious and good to all the hundreds and thousands of people that you're gonna put me in contact with throughout my life? Lastly, stewardship breeds. <laughs> I need a note. Focus. Stewardship breeds focus, man. I love this. Because what this does, so you say, man, I've been entrusted with something so amazing as life. And I want to get on the ball. I'm 34, y'all. I'm ready. To, I mean, you know, God's been kind of, you know, God, when, you know, last, last year, every single year, I kind of pray, God, give me a year or give me a word for each year that will kind of define what that year is about. And I was praying and praying. And he said, John, it's the year of focus. Basically saying, John, it's time to, it's time to get it right. Time, it's time to maximize every moment, every second, every dollar, everything that I have entrusted you with. It's time to do something with it. Not for your glory, not for your honor. God does not exist to glorify you, y'all. We exist to glorify God. And whenever we turn it, we think God owes us. God doesn't owe us nothing. Whenever you realize I'm on this planet, on this earth, to glorify him, what that does is everything is at his disposal. Stewardship gives you focus because you know you've been entrusted with something so beautiful, something so amazing that you want to say, you know what? You've been entrusted with a body. Why wouldn't you want to try to eat the right stuff and work out and steward the body that God gave you? You've been given time. Why wouldn't you want to steward time? Say, I want to spend time with God in God's word. I, I, I want to spend time in life groups, growing in my faith and loving other people. Why wouldn't you not want to say, God, I know you haven't given me a whole lot of money, but instead uh, of living to get, you live to give. God, not how I can just attain and own, but God, how can I steward? How can I not store up treasures here on this earth that's a bad investment in Jesus' eyes? How can I store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust will not destroy? Stewardship breeds focus. So my challenge to us today is invest in eternity. Invest your time in something that matters. Invest your talent in something that matters. Invest your treasure in something that matters, that goes beyond just this here and now, where honestly you can't pull a U-Haul with a hearse. They're not going to put money in your grave and you're going to be able to go to a place and play the slots. It's a bad investment. My prayer is what if us as a church said the new way to a new us is to steward. Maximize our time, our talent, and our treasure for the one that has entrusted us with it. Because he's generous, he's good, and he loves you more than you'll ever know. Amen. Would you stand up with with me today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just want to pray for us really, really quick. Jesus, we just love you. We're so grateful and thankful for who you are, what you've done, what you're doing. Father, we just praise you and honor you. God, we love you. Thank you for being so generous to us, so good to us. God, right now, I pray for each heart here, each heart that is here, that you've been challenging, that you have been speaking to. Even as I have been speaking, God, you have been challenging people here to re-examine 
their time, their talent, and their treasure, and by your grace to help make them more, more thankful and focused and generous. Thank you, Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, really, really quick, I just want to give you the opportunity. You know the greatest way you could ever invest and steward your life is by giving it back to the one that gave it to you. And that is simply saying, I want to give my life to God. Maybe you're here today. It's your first time at church. Maybe you've been in church a long time. But you said, John, I've never made a conscious decision to give my life to Christ. To say, I don't want to give you a piece. I want to give you all of it. Right now, really, really quick, before you pray and close out, I, I just want to give you the opportunity, really quick, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you would say, John, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to cross the line of faith and follow Jesus and start this new journey of becoming more like the person that loved me and created me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to simply count to three when I do. If you would just take your right hand, put it up. I just want you to know who you are so I can then pray for you. And then we're going to, and then all of us here, we're going to pray with you. We're going to join him in prayer with you. And we're going to lead you to Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, John, I want to follow Christ today. I want to begin a relationship with God today. When I count to three, take your right hand and put it up. Ready? One, two, three. Anyone here? Anyone here? Anyone here? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Lifehouse, this is what we're going to do. We're going to join in, in with those that raise their, their hands to receive Christ. And we're going to pray along with them and join in with them for this incredibly special moment of starting a relationship with Jesus. If everyone could repeat after me, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross in my place and for my sin. I give you my life. I know that, that you gave it to me, so I give it back to you. You died so I could have life. You were, you were beaten and bruised so I could have joy. So Jesus, I give my life to you this day, all of me, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Lighthouse, can we just give it up for those that said that prayer today for the first time? If you did say that prayer today for the first time, Right after church, walking out, next steps booth. Would you please stop by there briefly as you start this brand new journey of following Christ? We want to just briefly connect with you, give you a free Bible, and give you a few other steps that you can take starting this brand new journey of following Christ. We are pumped, excited to help you along this journey of following Jesus Christ. Isn't it, isn't it awesome, Life, Life House? Come on, let's give it up for those. Today. What we're going to do briefly is we're going to have a time where, where we're just going to have the band play. As they play, whatever business you need to do with God, I want you to do it. There's something that you need to get right. There's one area, your time, your talent, your treasure, you need to line up and get focused and say, God, I want to start investing. I want to start stewarding what you have given me. As this song plays, remember the love of God that he so graciously gave you. He wants to pour his love out on you in a brand new way so you can be changed and transformed.
of it, not 20% of it, not 30% of it, but you would say every piece of our time, every piece of our talent, every piece of our treasure is at your disposal for your honor and for your glory. Thank you for entrusting us with so much. Let us honor you in the way we invest. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen and amen. Come on, Life House. 